Alright. Yeah, here we go. Sherry coming to you from the mountains of Logan, Utah, and this is A Bit Much. Hello! Hey y'all! Today we want to talk to you a bit, little bit about what an HSP is. Many Sherry, of you... what is an HSP? Oh, well, I'm about to tell you, mate. <laughs> many of you maybe already know, and maybe a lot of you know way more than I do because I'm fairly new at this. I just want to share with you some of the stuff I've learned. If I get any of this wrong, or if you have more to add, please let us know in the comments later. So, um, Dr. Elaine Aaron started studying people, I, I think it was like early 90s. I kind of need to get the date on that, because we keep coming to that question. But it was somewhere in the 90s for sure. And she realized that there was this trait, and she named it HSP, highly sensitive person. And... Now she actually regrets naming it that way because it sounds like maybe whiny little ass or something. I don't know. But I don't know what she would call it these days. So, Do you know much of her background? Like, she's a psychologist, but I don't really know much. Just that she's a psychologist. And she's an HSP herself. And she has studied and studied and studied. Like, this is her specialty. And yeah. She's made movies and written books and so presumably she did it's like a trait that she like observed in her patients and herself i guess yeah yeah and I, I think, think she, i remember that from the documentary seems like at first she was thinking she was studying introversion and then she realized that about 30 percent of hsps are extroverts and so she's like well this is not the same thing and she really just went off with it and did some really great work but um, a lot of people actually still don't know about it. So I want to go over the four main categories that she claims are the main things for HSPs. Uh, the first one is depth of processing. So you take in the information from your eyes or your ears, all your senses, and you process it deeply. And to me that means I'm connecting dots, I'm establishing patterns, I'm thinking through things deeply, probably overthinking a lot of things, and just really, really taking stuff in deeply, where a lot of people would just move, move on. Like, they would take that information in and right. carry on. It could be more just like on the surface, they process it, and then it's out, instead of like taking it in deep and yeah. not just moving on. After it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for all of these traits, I think there are, like, we need people who are going to process things deeply, and we need people who can just move on with life and take care of the, the next thing real fast, and so, you know, so I think it's beneficial for both. Anyway, do you have anything to right, add to that like part? For, it's not like one is better than the other, but the, yeah, we all have our different roles to play. Huh. Yeah, and she says that 15 to 20% of people in a lot of species are HSPs. And so it seems t to me that means that we need a, a, about that percentage, I mean, evolutionary standpoint, we need that percentage of people to really pay attention and process things, and we need the other people to hurry up and take action. It's, you know, like, say you're a, a gazelle. 
Well, actually, grass. this is this is more to do with the last things and noticing subtleties. So let me talk about the gazelle later. All right. So, anything else before I? Um. Well, say like. Ah, uh, that's funny. I was just thinking like we talked about this a little bit uh, before, but like say from a managerial standpoint maybe depth of processing is a good thing although then yeah. it made me laugh because i realized that i'm implying that oh yes all hsps should be uh, in management positions and you know maybe I mean, that is true i don't know but i think we do have a lot of good things there for management a lot actually but also non-hsps can be yeah. managers for different reasons yeah we're not exclusionary you know we, yeah we have, <laughs> we have superpowers but so does everybody else yeah no, I really believe that too. So, yeah. like, quickly, like, touching on, like, my view of people, like, I love, uh, I believe it was Albert Einstein's view of people, where he's, like, pretty much, like, unanimously considered, like, a super genius. Like, he's so far ahead of his time, and he moved our species probably ahead, who knows how much. But uh, his view, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I wish I, I had the quote just offhand, but... Um, that basically everyone has their own kind of genius that like intelligence just being like one of those areas of genius or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and by trying to compare geniuses across, like it just, uh, it just doesn't work. Like comparing a, something a fish can do to something a monkey right. can do like, Oh, this fish can't climb a tree. So Is, what was it's that not from? a genius. A, some kind of a, there's a, a little comic that yeah, I've seen, comic. yeah, yeah, where there's a bunch of animals lined up, like elephants and giraffes mm -hmm. and all different kinds of animals, and a monkey, and then no, uh, a professor sitting at yeah. the table saying, "All right, for your proficiency test, uh, I want you to all climb that tree." And so you have all the other animals that are like sad, and then the monkey's got a big smile on his face. Mm -hmm. And I think that's and a the lot fish of the is way. Like, Damn it. <laughs> You don't know me. Yeah. You don't know what, what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think the way that people are brought up in society where we kind of just value certain kinds of genius, yeah. that you have people that are geniuses that are brought up thinking they're not. And like if you underestimate or undervalue yourself, kind of like you're not going to be the best unless you think that you can be the best i guess like if you don't think that then there's no way that it could be true you're not going to push yourself to try and uh, see that so anyway i digress uh my yeah general view of of people is i think everyone has value and uh, everyone has a is a piece of the puzzle and has a part to play i can't remember what got us on that tangent i don't know but i really i like being able to see like study this hsp thing because it helps me like it really helps me be like what are my superpowers and i don't know it just kind yeah. of points i know i probably have more that have nothing to do with hsp oh. but it just kind of points a few of them out to me like yes i can i need to start using that more yeah because it is special so, and that's what it was. It was uh, everyone having superpowers. Yeah. And, like, I really think that's true. So, like, us talking about HSP stuff and, like, being excited about, like, its advantages or whatnot doesn't mean that we think we're better than other people or non-HSPs or whatever. Like, um, it's just they have their strengths 
and uh, maybe we don't even share those same strengths, but this is something that we do have. So yeah, not a value judgment. We're just kind of trying to figure ourselves out. Yeah, yeah we're but, just talking about our particular strengths. No which it is, but most yeah. people, especially ones that don't recognize that they're HSP and share that trait with so many other people, don't consider it a superpower and it, it's like a burden, a weakness, like something they have to get past. And there's a lot of challenges involved, but there's also a lot of advantages. So yeah. and anyway. I'd say that's the thing with anybody in this world. They have yep. certain traits that give them challenges and advantages. And, and some people seem to get like a greater share of strengths, but like, I think... You're just, you're not seeing the whole picture ever. Like, you see someone that just seems to win at everything. Yeah, that are, they're the ones that find their strengths and find out how to use them. Some people may have many, 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 and they're, they've never discovered them because they've never been exposed True to that. something that would bring it out. So, that reminds right. me, I want to make sure to clarify this. HSP is not a diagnosis. It's not an ailment. It's actually a trait, just like left-handedness. That's really important to understand. So I want to go out of order. She does this, does, D-O-E-S, to describe these things. But I want to start, I want to talk about the last one, which is subtleties. So we notice subtleties in our environment. So that's where the gazelle come, thing comes in. You're a bunch of gazelles standing around in a field. And one of the HSPs notices this really the slightest change in the environment just off yonder and says something and then the non-HSP is, is the one that takes the quick action and goes and kicks their ass or leads us out of yeah. the wild or whatever but that's just an example of animals but right like we can alert the herd yeah in a way and, and <clears throat> so like say that would be an advantage and then like the disadvantage to that is it's awful to have that kind of stuff in like a social environment. It can make that kind of stuff like really difficult. So it's like, oh, we're not so good at socializing, but you know, yeah, we can notice subtle changes in the environment, which can be really good to have around. So, but we can be good at socializing because some of those subtleties that we notice are other people's cues, mm -hmm. and like I feel like I am good at noticing, like say when somebody's uncomfortable or. Ah, they need something like they're yeah. not quite happy where they're sitting and I'm like I can just pick it pick it up like right. I was talking about it that um, in a di different episode where I think it makes me a good manager because I can pick up on this just these little cues like oh you need something let me give it to you let me make you comfortable let me make you happy what were you gonna say yeah you can sort of see obstacles and sort of break it down and I, I agree with that I think it you know, you have a certain percentage of HSPs that are extroverts as well as introverts. And I think, you know, those, we might fall under that category. And so I think it helps us. Um, but there's a lot of, say, especially like introverted HSPs, where all it is is like an overwhelming system override, like, paralysis by uh, analysis or whatnot <laughs> to where like all you're doing is overthinking every tiny little thing and like maybe you notice cues but you're misinterpreting them everything's targeted against you like dragging you further and further down 
and I, I think everyone can learn to have better social skills. I don't think anyone's lost in that respect. And uh, the big difficult part about it is honestly, like, you, I think uh, you have to, uh, just like anything, practice. But it's going to be like 12 times more painful for you than the non-HSP. So um, it's easier said than done. So that I guess that's just an example of how it's a double-edged sword and probably why so many people that have this trait just think without ever being told differently that it's not a strength, it's a weakness. Yes. So, and I imagine we'll do an episode to go in depth with each of these things. So we're just really doing a brief coverage of it right now. So the reason I wanted to go with that one before the next one, which is overstimulation, was because I feel like they all go... Uh kind of cause each other um yeah. so when you're taking all this stuff in all these you, like you notice the non-subtle things and the subtle things and you're processing it so deeply you are going to get overstimulated more easily than somebody else so mm -hmm. it's like maybe say we all have the same threshold which we don't just pretend like we do like i am taking in way more information than the person next to me and I'm spent a lot more easily. So it, to, it can make you exhausted. Yeah. I noticed that. They have, they, I'm putting air quotes, have noticed that since I was a baby where I'd be crying and they would keep passing me around. Let me try, let me try, let me try. And I would just, yeah, just get more and more upset. And finally they put me down and I would shut up. And my mom has told me that story many, many times. And that's just one example of many in my life where I'm just like, just leave me the F alone. And let me just, just let me calm down. So. Yep. That's yeah. something I've recognized in myself as well. Like, uh, um, you talk about bandwidth. You're yeah. like, my bandwidth is only used up right now. So just give me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, th and, uh, no, my old pal Joe Rogan has touched on that, like, in a few different episodes that I've heard. It's definitely not an, an original idea, although I can't, you know, it's not his alone either, but mental bandwidth being, like, you only have so much attention and focus, and this is kind of, like, uh, off-subject slightly, but, like, say... If you're using your attention and focus on things that you don't like and you don't want, then you kind of don't have room for the things that you do like, the, the good things that you have. They won't even be on your radar. Like, they'll be, like, invisible because you're thinking about the things you don't have or yeah. all that stuff. So it's like you have to be uh, really mindful of how you use your mental bandwidth. Yeah, and I actually kind of talk in uh, one of the first blog posts about, it's called Calm the F Down. It, about stress and it, there are some books and stuff like if you want some more information about that <laughs> go ahead and read that anyway sorry didn't have to catch you up no it's good <laughs> but the story or like the kind of scenario that i was going through for the previous one the noticing subtleties and i was talking about the downside of it being that it can make socializing difficult and i kind of inadvertently was giving a good example of uh, overstimulation in those like social scenarios or whatnot to where like if you just yeah calm the fuck down like if you weren't just worrying over every little detail and you just uh you know it's it's uh, no one likes to hear this but just like being yourself like you know what does that mean like but uh 
say if you were able to not overthink everything, just what your most genuine natural reaction to everything is, minus what you could gain or lose by any kind of interaction, just the most natural thing that that would happen to you, then, uh, you know, the, the same social situation would be freaking piece of cake or whatnot, but it something that's a piece of cake, like, I, I've... I'm not, I mean, I, I have social anxiety for sure, but I've known people and been friends with people that are like acutely sensitive to social situations where like yeah. they just freeze up and like lock up and they're like when they're more comfortable, like just to perfectly like, and I, you know, normal isn't necessarily a compliment, but you know, not a complete wreck all the time, just mm-hmm. when overstimulated by social situations that they may not need be intimidated by, but are regardless. Yep. Gotcha. Do you want to move to the next one? Uh, Yeah, I'm good with that. So the next one is empathy and I can't remember how she put it, but it was emotional basically. So we're deeply empathetic, which to me is due to processing things deeply. If somebody else is hurting, I seriously sometimes feel it worse than they do. And I think I just, I feel like it's just because I, I understand people and I see them and I actually try to see them as a person that's just like me who has emotions and has a life and, uh, and ha- you know, has pain and stuff. And so for me, I process that those kinds of things very deeply and I am very empathetic like too it's actually painful for me it's sometimes I'm working on making wise decisions uh without making empathy keep me in a bad situation you know what I mean like I just care too much about what other people are feeling to, I don't know it's sometimes like but I don't want to do something that's going to disappoint or hurt somebody yeah even if I have to it's so hard for me yeah absolutely I definitely have the, the same problem too. Like, like uh, I think it leads me in the right direction a lot. Well, really, it helps me empathize with other people, like really genuinely, in the way that, like, you know, even if it's really not my responsibility mm-hmm. and it should be someone else, perhaps helping out with someone or whatnot. Like, I can't help but see things from their perspective and then think like. Uh, I always want to say yes. I always want to yeah. help. And I'm almost like afraid of saying no. <laughs> like, oh no, they're going to hate me. Uh, yeah, but, they're going to hate me. They're going to feel bad. Yeah, I don't want to make them that. feel bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, uh, I think it, it's like as I, like I probably felt it when I was a kid, but like as I got older, started recognizing it more and more. But yeah, like same, I can feel particularly intense emotion, almost like an energy like hanging in the air that I can feel. And yeah, yeah, I think that definitely leads to like sometimes people need help and no one else could have helped them but you because you're able to like really sense where they're at. So like it can be uh, beyond helpful, but you know, uh, you can be useful to also like if you're able to take a step back and analyze if you're really like the uh, best person to be doing that yeah and and i think like uh a quote 
from uh, someone that I worked with a while back. Thanks, Scott. You're the shit. <laughs> um, is that when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Right. So, like, you really have to be careful about what you agree to do because you have to be conscious. Okay, like, you want to say yes? By saying yes, you're saying no to other things. So, like, really think about what you're agreeing to before you agree to it and maybe err on the side of, you know, like lean towards saying no until you determine you're really the best person for it and then maybe say yes. But also easier said than done, something for I sure. struggle with eternally. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So you already started mentioning the other part, like I said empathy and then like emotional. So you already mentioned a little bit about the emotional not just emotion from empathy, but just emotional. And it, and that, to me, is due to processing things deeply as well. I, I said that it's not that we're whiny little bitches or whatever, but I think that HSPs do tend to cry more because we're feeling things. But it's not just because we're, oh, you're too sensitive. Like, we, we're very moved by things very easily, like music or, you know, some kind of art forms or just other people's good deeds or I don't can't think of other examples yeah. but we're moved very easily and you know say somebody insults you or criticizes you you're going to process that deeply and be more hurt which sucks but I don't know yeah so we, we tend to have deeper emotions than the average person which that could be a good thing and it can be hard yeah so. just pretty much all of them are like double-edged swords one thing I wanted to jog back to empathetic for just a second, and it, it just occurred to me that like some of the most deeply affecting experiences that I've had were like the most mundane situation, like if it never make it into a movie or anything, but literally just a time where I feel a connection with someone. And it's kind of like hard to even describe, but almost like like a welling up inside and feeling like my eyes go a little bit teary-eyed for a second. And it literally could just be like, maybe that person forgot that conversation like a minute later, but it was something that like... Yeah, it affected you, moved you. Me. But so th that's, that's definitely, I think, a description of a difference between HSP and non-HSP. Like, I, I kind of doubt with a lot of people that would be like a peak experience for someone or whatever but like for people that are just by default more empathetic that that becomes like and and it's really difficult because a lot of hsps have a hard time connecting <laughs> uh so i think maybe that's part of it is like it's like oh i got the thing that i always want that i like almost never get do you think that hsps that have a hard time connecting are we already talked about this but i don't remember if i connected this dot is it mostly the introverted ones like if you're an extroverted or ambiverted like mm -hmm. we are do you think it's easier i mean do you think we people like us still have hard time connecting with people i know this so, is a different topic yeah, yeah. but no. just real briefly no, that's a good <laughs> question i think um, and this is my theory. I would love to hear if I'm wrong or if you have anything to add to it, people of the world. But so I think it's just like a, a different, and like I said, yeah, just 
this is complete speculation, so I'm sorry if you know I'm not representing your views, but that I think we do have the same problem connecting the way that it is is it's like say uh, or like that I visualize it is the HSP trying to make connections and oftentimes with the non HSP a lot of those attempts at connection kind of bounce off in a way and uh, I mean that's not that's not a hundred percent you know it's not like across the board but maybe a common experience for an HSP particularly an introverted one like so from an introverted one's point of view like say it bouncing off would be like a more devastating thing mm-hmm. like it'd be like oh my god i'm such a failure of a person i can't even have this simple interaction with this person and have it come out the way that i wanted it to or whatever whereas you know maybe me or you would just be like oh mm, whatever Maybe it has some effect, but like not like this deeply troubling effect where you can just bounce to the next interaction in most cases. Yeah, I got and, you. And uh, just kind of keep <clears throat> plugging on, whereas it might shut down introverted HSP or what. Right. So like the way I see like extroverted HSPs interacting is like, and I, I think we also have a greater chance of finding other HSPs or just people in general to connect with. Because we can just move from interaction to interaction. Yeah. Well, and I think that for me, just being an HSP, I want a deep connection. I don't just want to find something in common with somebody and have a shallow conversation. I want a deep mm-hmm. connection. And not. it seems like it's a lot easier to do that with an HSP. And we are for sure. few. And some of us are introverts and we don't want to put ourselves out there to other people. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, in a room of 10 people, statistically, there'd be one and a half to two of us. So there'd be at least one person. Now, of course, you know, the way but that life works, it's a roll of extra. the dice yeah. each time. And I think, I mean, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. But like, I think introverts also gravitate towards each other as well. Like, yeah. like oh, that's true. Yeah. So I think the extroverted HSPs probably get like the, you know, we get the, probably the better end of the stick as far as that's concerned, as far as like, you're just going to be making more connections, which is just great for HSPs like we were talking about. So like, (laughs) I think just trying to answer that question now in a concise way that, yeah, I guess the, the answer is that introverted HSPs do have a more difficult time. Like, it's like having a role with the same advantages, but, like, a difference in the ability to use them in, like, a greater variety of situations. Yeah. I like to think those kind of things can be overcome, but I'm sure a lot of introverts out there are, like, they've been trying and trying, and maybe, like, it's just, you know exhausted them to the point but like you know maybe you tried for a while and then you had to lay low for a while to kind of recuperate but you know i think i think you can always get out and try again i guess like i I don't think it's ever over for you but also not like there's nothing wrong with uh having to lay low for a while you know yeah so i wanted to say one more thing about the emotional part Mm -hmm. for me back on track the thing that I notice the most is that I feel like I have deep love for people and music and, you know, other things. 
at sunsets or whatever, but yeah. but people, for me, I just feel like, like if I see somebody that does something nice for people, they're the type of person that does nice things for people, I'm just like, oh, I love you so much, like you're such a beautiful person, and I just feel so, like I feel so deeply for a lot of people, and not... Not in a romantic way necessarily, but it's just like, I love you. You know what I mean? It's just so easy for me to just to feel like love for somebody. Captivated Even, by him almost. Just yeah. like, wow, you're such an amazing person. Yeah, just like, I don't know. Just a deep sense of love for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I do too. And that, yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I always feel the need to like, kind of try and like balance it out on like both ends of it or whatever. Like that's something where like I really love people and the kind of like you know depths of the twisted shit that humans can get up to is like deeply troubling to me yeah and it makes me like kind of the opposite of what you're saying uh, but being like super disappointed in almost like our species of being like man like feel like we can do so much better than that and here we are like rolling in the mud doing stupid shit yeah i do feel like that stuff is what's covered though most on the media and and all the little good things yeah you know the like the way people treat each other that's beautiful we don't nobody cares about that to hear it on the news do you know what i mean Uh so it gets lost but i think it's uh, there yeah for sure and man I got a feel tangent coming on, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> do we need to write it down? Okay. Well, <laughs> um, one one of the like like I've given this a lot of thought because not only does the news and social media show you the intense stuff, so it's the bad news that you're getting, and so there is a tilt to the information. That is incoming. And so that right there, already at the outset, makes it more difficult to have a positive view. Um, if you're paying attention to that kind of stuff, you're just like, oh man, terrible things happening all around the world all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, another problem with that is that I think that's kind of like a force multiplier for the way that kind of like, for lack, I don't like the words good and bad, but for lack of a better term at the moment, just the way that they naturally occur, bad things are more dramatic and visible than good things. Yeah, Like, exactly. a good thing could be like, mm. say, someone pays for a lady's groceries in the store or whatever, and really, like, the difference might be she's got a smile coming out of the store or something mm-hmm. like that. A bad thing, a terrorist blew himself up and 300 other people, ah, there's fire and explosions, <laughs> shit flying everywhere. It's like... Of course, those aren't proportional good and bad <laughs> deeds. Magnitude just a little bit different. Yeah, slightly different. <laughs> but even still, mm-hmm. like, one of the same magnitude of goodness. Right. Oh, you know, someone made a school in a fucking African town, and now all these kids have a place to go get educated. Yeah. That's like a subtle thing. Like, it's not super visible, and it like it's a very tangible good, and it's awesome, but it's not felt in the same way that something proportionally bad is so like yeah i feel like we've got that just naturally the way that things are then further multiplied by this like magnifying glass going around the whole mm-hmm. planet finding all the yeah, intense bad too. shit super visible but like 
kind of along the line. I can't remember who the quote is from, but it's, uh, you know, someone was kind of devastated over like hearing about natural disasters and how many people are affected and stuff. And the other person saying, no, look for the helpers. Like anytime that something goes terribly wrong, there's always people trying to help out. But still, it's not, it's not dramatic. Like all Mm -hmm. the... When you have people who say they make a difference in somebody's life every single day, somebody close to them, nobody sees that. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like... For sure. I don't and know. Like, like uh, someone, let's say they have like a, a disabled child or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just seem like a normal person on the street. But like in reality, they are a fucking superhero. Yes. And in plain clothes, like there's no distinguishing marks or anything like that. And then, mm-hmm. and what's cool about like getting to know people is that you'll kind of something maybe you've been an acquaintance for a long time then you get to know them a little better and then you find out stuff like that where you're like, yeah oh like either you do some amazing stuff or maybe you've been through some terrible you know like mm-hmm. there's just so much going on behind the scenes there yeah and i love and that kind of comes back to the point i was getting at is when i look for stuff like that i if somebody tells me about doing a, a good deed or whatever like i just I don't know, I'm just like, ah, thank you for telling me that. And it makes me just love that person, just for that one thing. For sure. Even if it was just one little five-minute thing they did, I'm just like, I love you. You're yeah. awesome. And you know? People like that, like, like one thing I've experienced kind of recently, I don't know how much detail I want to get into on it, but, like, people that I would never otherwise probably, like, have interactions with because, like, as in they're just... We don't relate. We're not on the same page with a lot of things. We're like, just don't see us ever, like, say, like me with a older, set in their ways, Mormon type, like there's many across town or whatnot. But like, if I've heard that they've done some act, I'm referencing like a specific thing that has happened. And I kind of like, don't want to get into that much detail about it. But like, it's like a friend of my mom's that I never would have chosen to interact with really and it's not like it's more like i'm afraid she wouldn't like me rather than like oh i don't like her Mm -hmm. but like just uh, it's all relative but like what you'd say i think is probably just a small act of kindness towards my mom i don't care what you do like what what your thing is or whatever like i love you for that thank you for being a good person like it just moves you to love that person just that one thing you know and it's like like she's solid in my head a person that i would never really choose to like hang out with or something like that just like you're solid you're you're up there in my book just automatic like that's where it's at gotcha so those are the four categories definitely we'll go in deeper into them later we wanted to talk about something else but i think we'll do it in a different episode um we want to talk about hsps that really have no idea that that's what they what the world that they're in and like um, well just uh real quick like just to kind of further set it up a little bit like especially with the percentage of like say that other animal species have been studied at of being like say 20% of the population 
I think it's safe to say that far, far, far less than 20% of the population <laughs> knows that they're in the 20% of that population. Yeah. As in, like, what percentage of HSPs know they're HSPs? 0.001% or something like Nobody that? Nobody that I have talked to yet has known what it is, and there are so many people. I want to stop talking now because I want this to be on the <laughs> next yeah, yeah. episode. I really want to go into this. Yeah, but what he said, yeah. it's crazy. So it's like this massive, dormant segment of the population yeah. that kind of like I'm I can almost guarantee there's going to be exceptions but I can almost guarantee that um, most all of them are going are not going to recognize it as a strength and they're going to think it's a weakness and then it makes them a weak little bitch and yeah I guess we'll yeah, talk about we shall. that on, on the next one we will so Thanks for listening. Please comment. Give us feedback. What you want more of, what you want less of, what you've experienced, what you, what inspires you. Anything you want to talk about, just do it in the comments. And yeah. see you next again. time. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Holla. Holla. Go to our website, abitmuch.org, and you can leave comments.